Welcome to Dr. Carl Bamlett, The Modern Caveman, a show that helps you to reshape your modern life using wisdom from the past. Thank you for listening into The Modern Caveman this week, where we're going to talk a little bit about concussions and post-concussion syndrome, what that means, what that looks like, and what you can do about that to try and uh, help yourself or a loved one get over um, this condition. This issue of con- concussion is something you might be hearing about uh, more in the news, when whether you're talking about actual concussions that you see in, in sport or... Um, uh, post-concussion syndrome that people have to recover from that you that you may have seen, or the repetitive traumatic brain injury, um, which you know the the Will Smith movie a long time ago kind of brought into the, the public eye a bit more of repetitive injuries and what that does to the brain, especially if you haven't recovered fully between. And so that brings on a real good topic of how do we go about um, getting better from concussions and what types of things to look for. So we're going to start out with a few stats, um, just to kind of get your idea of prevalence and how much this can impact people. Um, so um, when you think of concussions and um, lingering effects of that, you don't typically think that it's that big of a deal, at least the people that um, I speak with about it don't seem to think it's that big of a deal, and there's that many of them, but um, the numbers are actually quite a lot um, of people being getting concussed and having long-term issues with this. So um, some stats out of the U.S. Um, I don't have the year to this data, but um, in the one year, 2.92 million cases reported to ER with concussion, um, and that is roughly 1 in 100 people. So in one year, roughly 1 in 100 people will um, get a big head knock and um, be concussed. So it's not huge numbers, but over the course of time, those numbers compound and people walking around, there's quite a lot of people who've had a big head knock. And, and of those, um, minor concussions, people don't always report to the ER. Those might be some of the bigger ones that, that go there. But there's a lot of people who just, um, especially in the past, have kind of just shaken it off and just sat around for a bit and then come back too. Um, and so it's, it's actually quite a big problem. One in a hundred is the per year. Um, so in a 10-year period, you'd have 10 people out of 100, you could think, would be would be impacted by this. And that's the ones that report to the, to the ER. So maybe add another one person that doesn't to each one. So two in a hundred per year. Um, and after the course of 10 years, 20 people that you might know, or 15 people that you might know, if you want to play it on the safe side of that. Um, so that's quite a large number of people that can be impacted by concussion. Um, and the way that they're impacted can be in many different ways. So when somebody's concussed, we know some of the basic things from the um, initial onset, what not to do, you know, don't let them fall asleep and um, watch them, uh, don't let them fall asleep right away and watch them to make sure that there's no symptoms of brain bleeds or anything like that that can be um, life-threatening. Um, and then in the long term, it's just kind of let it rest and let the brain do what it has to do, which is part of what has to happen. Um, and in a chiropractic office, as any chiropractor you know, you see a lot of people who've had histories of this and who have other issues going on. Um, so one of the things that can linger after a concussion is um, uh, one name is called persistent post-concussive symptoms or post-concussion syndrome are two different names for it. And this is relatively common for pretty much anybody who's had a big head knock and hasn't had everything set out um, right. So we'll talk a little we'll talk a little bit about what this is and how uh, with chiropractic um, philosophy and um, anatomy, um, you can explain a lot of these symptoms. So this is um, symptoms that go on 
for weeks, months, or years after concussions. This is post-concussion syndrome. And some of the symptoms include headache, dizziness, fatigue, irritability, anxiety, trouble falling asleep or sleeping too much, loss of concentration and memory, ringing in the ears, blurry vision, noise and light sensitivity, and occasionally but rarely decreases in taste and smell. So I'll tell you from a clinical standard um, what I see with patients who've had this um, and what other chiropractors who I've conversed with have said um, along these lines. So the headaches is a large majority of these people. They will have a low-grade headache if they're lucky, otherwise a high-grade headache a majority of the time. Uh, dizziness can be situational, but that's not as um, pre um, prevalent. Um, fatigue is 100% of these people that I've seen. I'm sure there's an outlier to that stat, but everybody who I've seen with it is fatigued. Um, irritability, eh, not so much, but when you're in chronic pain, you get a little bit irritable, so it's understandable. Um, anxiety, overwhelming majority. Um, we'll explain the, the uh, neurology behind some of those things uh, that are going on. Trouble falling asleep, I see more than sleeping too much, but you see a bit of each. Um, loss in concentration memory, all of them. Ringing in the ears, minor uh, amount. Blurry vision, minor amount. Um, noise and light sensitivity, minor amount. Um, so these are some of the, the things that you see. And the reason we can explain this pretty um, easily or pretty clearly with chiropractic philosophy is the, the feedback mechanism of the nervous system talking to the brain. So the brain sends all these signals out through our spinal cord, and it talks to our body telling it what to do, how to ambulate, um, what functions to do. And at the same time as all that, our body's collecting information via our different sensory mechanisms that we have um, and sensory organs we have, and they send information back up to the brain telling it what's going on. And there's many sites where this comes from, and it all comes back up through the spinal cord. Um, and part of that information that comes back is in the um, sympathetic chain ganglia, which goes in the front of the, the spinal cord up through the neck. And that is a sensitive little area that sends off the fight or flight and rest and relax mechanisms. And so after people have had a big head knock, oftentimes there's a lot more rigidity in the spine and things get put out of place quite significantly. And that nervous system gets overstimulated as a result. And so with every single one of these people that I've seen, there's always um, chiropractic subluxations in the neck that are causing an issue um, with what's going on for, for their, their symptoms. And it can be a really, really long duration that people have to deal with this. And a wide variety of people present with it. And there's a lot of different ways to treat it. Um, I usually see people who've, yeah, I'm mainly referral, so um, referral from other, other patients. And so I see people who've went to a lot of other areas and a family member said, go try this guy. Um, I think he'll be able to fix you. So they come in after they've went through the mainstream way and they just haven't gotten any results. And they, they've come along, and we, so they're pretty serious cases who are lingering. And quite typically, it's at least been a year that I see people after the initial onset of the concussion. Um, some people can be 10 years plus, and they're not even coming into me for that. Um, but the one of the big things ar around this is um, some studies have been done to talk about... Um, 
chronic medical issues that, that occur for people who've had concussions and post-concussion syndrome and um, what risks that takes for the rest of your life. So um, the way to think about that is if that sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system are overstimulated or understimulated, depending on which one you're talking about, um, it's going to have an impact on our body. So we'll review the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system again here, quick tell you kind of what they do. So the sympathetic is our fight and flight system, okay? So that's if you have to um, get amped up to you know, go hunt some food so you can eat or fight uh, someone who's angry with you that's trying to harm you. Um, so that's what that system is named after. And the um, autonomic, uh, the parasympathetic is named, uh, is the rest and relax, rest and recover, um, rest and digest, another name. And that's what you do to maintain your body so you don't start to fall apart. So if you're in the fight or flight stage too much, your body starts to break down because you don't ever get to go into the rest and relax stage, um, which is equally important. And we need a good balance between these and they need to come on. It's preferable if you're in the rest and relax more than the fight or flight, um, but that's up to up to uh, your body what, what the balance is for you. So what I find with these people more often than not is after the injury, they're in the fight or flight stage more because the, the neck is out of alignment and it's causing the message to go out and the body's looking for what the problem is, but it can't find anything. So it initially starts out in a really heightened state. And then over time, that heightened state becomes very tiring because you're always looking for trouble and, and your body's always amped up and you start to get really run down. And then people become almost chronically in a fatigue state. Um, and so they um, are appearing as somebody who's just completely worn out. They have no more expression in their face and they're they're really in a in a bad way after this. And it's, um, it's really hard for them to, to be in that state all the time. And so if you look at the chronic health issues that arise for these post-concussive syndrome people. Um, if you think of it in the fact that their sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight nervous system is constantly going too hard and they're not able to rest and relax and recover and heal, it makes pretty good sense. So if we look at this study in the Journal of Neurotrauma um, from 2021, it's, if you ever want to look it up, it's Concussion and Risk of Chronic Medical and Behavior Health Comorbidities. So if you look the the so how they did the study is they did a retrospective cohort study of 9205 adult patients. So a pretty good good sampling of people 9200. Um, and the way they they did this is they followed the people for 10 years, patients that had anything going on before the head knock or the concussion, um, they were excluded. So it's not taking in, you know, past things that you had going on. So they, they did this for 10 years and they found some significant risks um, in some areas. And we'll talk about those right now. So um, we found significantly higher risk of cardiovascular risk developing, including hypertension, um, obesity, and diabetes mellitus. So those are three things that show up to be significantly higher risk amongst those with head knocks. So if you're not able to shut off that sympathetic nervous system very effectively and rest enough, um, blood pressure goes up, that's quite obvious. Um, obesity, the stress mechanism is a big part of putting on weight. And diabetes, um, if you're constantly pumping out cortisol, you're gonna be uh, affecting the um, insulin levels and glucagon levels and many other of those hormones that you need to balance that out properly. And the, resu the resulting um, bit is higher 
rates of diabetes mellitus. Um, also, psychiatric and neurological disorders such as depression, psychosis, stroke, and epilepsy were higher in the concussion group. So you start to get into that range, and, and that will that will vary with my experience um, that I see with people in clinic with neck pain and post-concussion uh, syndrome, is the severity and number of concussions will make those more and uh, make more of those symptoms start to show up and make them more or less severe, especially in the terms of epilepsy and um, depression. Um, but at the same time, depression is really overdiagnosed, it seems like, and um, people get a di depression diagnosis if they go in for um, a lot of things under the sun. So um, if you're in chronic pain, it's going to be a bit depressing after time, um, you would think. And uh, don't give up just because that's the diagnosis is the, the, the message behind that. So um, that is some of the, the information behind it of the prevalence and the mechanisms of what are going on and what people can expect. Um, and we're going to go over a few um, kind of examples um, that, that I've pulled from some journals and from my own perspective um, here that I think will be interesting for you to hear kind of the different ways this presents um, and um, types of people who might benefit from this. So the first one um, that that jumps out from everything is a 14-year-old um, who had been um, labeled as ADHD. And the, the interesting thing about this this child is uh, uh, they had smacked their head jumping into a river at about nine years of age. And they had hit with a pretty big force. And afterwards, the the parent had noted that there was um, a bit of concussion-type symptoms. They didn't actually go to the uh, the hospital, but it was concussion-like symptoms and a, a bit scary afterwards. So uh, this person, after getting chiropractic care and working on the, the, the neck and upper cervicals, um, actually started to excel at school um, very soon after just two treatments. And so that is one who um, you get rid of that sympathetic input from the neck that's causing the body to not be able to focus. Because it's really easy to see how this um, ADHD could be a side effect of the, the neck being out and the body not being able to concentrate. Because that sympathetic nervous system is saying there's something wrong, there's a problem, there's danger. And so your body's looking for the danger all the time and you can't see anything. So you're trying to constantly tell the body, no, there's nothing wrong, stop. And you're having this little background conversation, which is constantly a little annoyance. And you're always a bit fidgety and not able to relax completely as a result of that. So this is a, a young individual who, as a result of this, hopefully their, their life will have a different trajectory than otherwise because they can focus, they can um, get into the things they want to do and stay with it and, and not have the distractions. Another um, example is a 21-year-old woman who had multiple concussions and multiple forms of treatment for those concussions. Um, she had to drop out of school um, due to inability to concentrate. Um, and uh, this is, you know... More, the longer you're in practice, the more and more common you see things like this, and it, and it breaks your heart to, to see people that are suffering with it. With this young young lady, she'd been trying everything she could think of, everything anyone would recommend to, to go in and get her um, concentration back to the level it was when she started the courses. Um, and nothing was working with you know, 
concussion protocols and headache uh, protocols and all these different things that professionals have tried. Um, and so it, it was actually a really big process for this for this young woman. Um, so some of the things that that led to her success were being um, incredibly diligent with. Uh, behaviors and habits that were going on as well as some interventions. So adjustments to the cervical spine were a huge importance to getting that sympathetic nervous system calmed back down, which takes time after even one concussion, but multiple, it takes a little bit longer. <clears throat> Limiting screen time is um, an essential um, within uh, half an hour to an hour of being on a device, she would note that there was uh, issues starting with brain fog and blurry vision. Um, driving time. The focus of driving was even too much for her brain to have to focus and process all those individual things. I mean, when you're driving, when you're, you haven't had a head knock, it's pretty easy to just downplay it as you're just driving a car. But if you think about what's actually happening is you're controlling a several ton automobile um, that's speeding down the road at you know 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers an hour. Um, at the same time, you're navigating potholes in the road and obstacles on each side of the road. You're staying between the lines. You're watching traffic turn in, turn off, slowing down, speeding up appropriately. And you're navigating all these things seamlessly and you're doing it for long periods of time which is challenging on the system and you don't notice it until you have less capacity uh, and this young lady noticed it very quickly so um, even an hour of driving would completely set back her progress and give her headaches the next day so she had to be on incredibly limited driving um, for quite a long time um, for everything to settle down and, and doing that um, was a big step in getting there and, and as well as um, maximizing certain foods or supplements and minimizing other things that would run her down. So um, consuming lots of processed carbs, sugars, and alcohol was not good for her symptoms. And maximizing certain foods like turmeric, fish oil, and adrenal support, um, i.e. vitamin C um, and some minerals, um, were the things that would help get her to where she needed to be and um, get back and finish the degree that she had to do. So that was a, a big win for her. So uh, next next uh, subject, a 40-something-year-old horse rider um, with multiple severe head knocks um, relating with the horse riding. So that's important because falling from a distance onto a solid bit of ground um, and unable to work for years afterwards, very severe post-concussion syndrome. Um, and she had a lot of uh, neurological things going on and uh, uh, tremors and other things happening. Um, for this patient, the initial interventions had to be very minimal because the body couldn't handle any more than that. And if you have the nervous system, the body's an amazing thing. And if a big trauma happens, the body has to kind of resort itself out and reorganize to an extent. And as long as everything's kind of out of the way, it does that very, very seamlessly. And when there's something that's still too much of an irritant, the body lets us know about it one way or another. Um, and some of those ways are, um, in some instances, seizures. In some instances, it's headaches or migraines. It's twitches. Because um, as we're talking about that... Um, when the sympathetic nervous system is on for too long, people start to get little twitches. 
Um, and, and that's one thing. Magnesium deficiency can be one of the things that definitely does that. But if we're too stressed, that doesn't. And if we're too stressed for a long period of time, they get worse. And so with these concussions, if you start to get the twitches and things happening and severe twitches, that's one indication that that uh, sympathetic nervous system is not being allowed to switch off enough. Um, so for those people, um, sometimes it's just a very soft, light touch to the area is all you have to do um, to make progress. And just by doing that, um, you can start to make an impact. And in the course of just a couple weeks, this person started to get um, quite a lot better. So as you search the research out there, there's quite a lot of uh, interesting bits about it. And um, the, the the conclusion that you find as you search through more and more of the data is that um, sport-related concussions and non-sport-related concussions don't really need to be differentiated is what a lot of the papers are talking about. So whether, whatever the mechanism, the, the injury seems to be um, very similar both ways. So it's good to know that you can put the people that are, you know, playing rugby and playing cricket and get the concussions in the same way as um, people who are in a car accident or riding um, riding horse. Last example we're going to talk about here um, is a 35-plus-year-old uh, former uh, rugby player, um, multiple head knocks, um, some symptoms that they that they um, faced were cloudy thinking, anxiety, um, overstimulated, might even be put into that ADHD category almost, and so that's that sympathetic nervous system being over. Overtax. Those are some of the symptoms that were that were noted, um, and they already had been as being you know a very top level athlete. They'd already got the the diet in good nick. Um, they they keep active. They do all those things, um, but the the neck was still really out of place. And so the neck was a big thing that helps um, this situation along. Um, and this person after. About four visits um, seemed to be back, nervous system calm back down, going the right way. Clear thinking was a big part of it. Um, and so that's that's part of this that's the tricky thing to study with, with the post-concussion syndrome because um, a lot of the symptoms are are hard to measure. It's all based off of how people are feeling with it. And so you have to really be aware of that. And um, it's pretty normal not to feel normal after an injury, um, concussion injury, and keep looking at, looking after yourself and searching out f for answers is a key thing that you have to do. And, and that neck is a big part of it. And supplementation with the anti-inflammatory type things like the fish oil, the turmeric are a good starting point um, to get yourself in, in the right place. Um, and early to bed is another key because your, your body can only handle so much issues at the one time and you need to get a lot of sleep to be able to build yourself up to be able to handle as much as you possibly can while you're recovering from this and that was one of the big things with um, two of the two of the the four that I talked about was getting to bed early and the one who was the the, the 21 year old who was having all the sensitivities to the to the to the driving and to the screen time maximizing the food maximizing the bedtime. If, if the bedtime went out of, out of whack, um, all the symptoms went worse too. So you really have to be kind of a professional juggler to get back to where you need to be. And the good thing is you can do it. Um, get the bedtime right, get the food right, get the water right, um, everything perfectly in order, and you'll start to come right again. And don't give up hope with it because that's the only thing that will prevent you from, from getting there. 
It takes a certain kind of man with a certain reputation to alleviate the cash from a whole entire nation. Take my loose change and build my own space station. Ain't no refuting or disputing, I'm a modern rasputin. Subcontract disputes to some brutes in Labutin. Act highfalutin while my boys put the boots in. I want to reiterate to everyone out there that uh, we're not giving medical advice here. We're just having a talk, and you need to speak with your medical provider to, to talk about all this information. But I want to touch on a little bit further here of some things to, to look at from the, from the study that talked about some of the um, comorbidities that happened after post-concussion. And there are some interesting um, bits that it talks about. So the study goes on to say, I'll, I'll read right from it here, compared with controls, patients with concussion had significantly higher risk of psychiatric disorders, including depression, anxiety, psychosis, as well as risk of sleep disorders, substance, substance uh, abuse disorder, opioid abuse, and alcoholism. And these were all significantly higher after concussion compared with controls within up to 10 years to follow up. And if you, you know, this is a sad aspect of, of medical issues that happen, and we don't really look back on it properly and think what could have could have done this. And if somebody takes that head knock and they are 
constantly having that stress response hit them and they're always feeling anxious and they're always feeling off, you see how this pattern starts to happen. And as you correct people, you can get it the other way going back. And it gets, it's great to see them come back from whatever's going on, whether that be sleep issues or having to take painkillers to get their body back right. Um, and, you know, there's a whole, in the, in the U.S. in the late 2000s, um, there was the opioid epidemic crisis that was going on, and this was the overprescription of opioid painkillers and the um, what it did to people. So they start out taking these as painkillers for injuries, and they become addicted to it. So incredibly addicted things. And so if you're a person who's having these concussion syndromes and you're looking for a bit of quiet and you're looking for the brain to come back to normal, it's easy to see how you start to slide down this slippery slope. Um, and it's you don't you can't really blame them in this situation because they don't know better um, and um, it's, it's a path that's easy to go down. So some things that have to happen because it's, it's a step-by-step process to go down and it has to be a step-by-step process to get back out of it. So if you have somebody in your, that you know of that um, is going through these things um, and has these challenges, um, look for a way to help them out to, to get them there because you, know, you get the anxiety, you get the depression, psychosis, sleep issues, substance use issues, um, alcoholism, opioids, um, it's all things to try and settle down that uh, sympathetic nervous system in, in these types of cases. I would, I would say the, the, chron- the um, chronic concussion syndrome, post-concussion syndromes. Um, and you have to get that mechanism switched off. Um, and so I would highly recommend, um, this is once again not medical advice, but I would, I would personally go to see a chiropractor and get my my neck worked on after seeing this because after seeing hundreds if not thousands of people with this um, there are certain things that work and work well and um, yeah if you're struggling with these issues or you know somebody who's struggling you think it might be that it would be a good thing to to talk about and and propose that in order to get an extra extra benefits and give them a bit of hope because um, it's it's our body is so amazing that it can heal itself when you get the um, obstructions to that healing out of the way and it, it's a pretty pretty great thing to see happen um, when you get to do that with people time and time again on a day-to-day basis Life's a mystery, my friend Sometimes we lose, sometimes we win One wrong turn has led me here I'll ride this storm and bury all my fears I'll ride this storm and never show my fear I live my life in the faster lane Now I'm walking in the slower lane But that's alright Cause I'm alright with me I miss the life I used to live But I have so much more to give And I just wish everyone could see
may not remember, but I won't forget. Memories are somewhere in my head, and I may not know the words to this song, but I'll smile and I'll pretend to sing along. I'll grace you with my smile and sing along. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if my words aren't clear. I'm still the same and I'm still here. Don't need no pity. I don't need your tears. Just give me a moment of your time and hear my words and you will find there's so much more so much more to me than you'll see that I'm still me. You'll see I'm still me. Can't you see I'm still me? Thank you. So the head injuries are also going to be a hard thing to know when they're coming or trying to stop them, but um, uh, when you look up some of the, the top medical places in the world, like the, the Mayo Clinic, world famous, um, they have the prevention, things that we can do to um, prevent ourselves from getting head injuries. Um, so let's look through here what they have to say. Fasten your seatbelt when you're traveling in a car. Um, be sure children are in age-appropriate safety seats. Um, use helmets when bicycling, roller skating, inline skating, ice skating, um, skiing and snowboarding, all things um, sports as well. Um, and take action at home to prevent falls, um, such as removing small rugs. So you have small things there that can help in certain cases. Um, but in my experience, even people who are wearing their seatbelt still will get whiplash and concussion. It may be less severe, but they still oftentimes will get it. Um, the safety seat thing, don't notice that very often. Um, Helmets, uh, I, helmets are incredibly important. Um, I, I, I would say the helmets don't prevent um, concussion. They would prevent more splitting your head open and have it be more of a fatality. Um, but definitely wear your helmet. Um, and taking action at home to prevent your falls, like um, if you're uh, on the um, higher side of 60, definitely. Um, that would be a big thing um, to help yourself from having a fall. Um, more practical things that we can do because a lot of these injuries are going to be things that we don't see coming and we can't do anything about at the time. So we have to make sure our bodies are the most prepared to be able to handle it. Um, so if you've had, let's take one of their examples of uh, something that can prevent some of the injury, the, the helmet. A helmet is um, a very good thing for absorbing that blow and preventing it from being a fatality when you're hit. But after you use that helmet and it has the full absorption capacity taken of that injury, of that accident, 
you have to replace the helmet because the mechanisms for absorbing that shock have been used, and next time it happens, they won't do the same thing. So that's why you have to buy a new helmet after you have a big, a big smack. Um, same with that. You're, what, what you notice in practice with treating people, the people who have more than one concussion get significantly worse. And then you have to ask yourself, why is that? Um, and the thing that I've seen in practice through, through my experience and through other chiropractors, um, their experience what I, that I hear, it's we, our body has mechanisms for absorbing that shock, that blow to from when we fall and hit the ground. And if your spine is not able to move exactly as it needs to to absorb that shock and make the, the, the trauma diffuse through, through all the different segments, um, that is a way that things can happen. For instance, um, one of the, the examples um, had had a significant injury to the neck uh, a year or two prior, and they were, you know, in a bit of, bit of pain with that and had a, several things happen and um, didn't get it corrected. Um, before the secondary injury. And if that injury had been taken away and corrected, and it wouldn't be taken away completely, but the mechanisms of the spine to absorb shock would be there better, the second injury would not have been as bad in my opinion. Um, so these are things that we can do is to make sure that our body can absorb the shock as correctly as it can by staying as fit as we can and keeping the spine in alignment and doing all these things appropriately. Um, these are all really good things to do um, and I would highly recommend visiting a chiropractor to make sure your spine is in alignment so that you can absorb these things because um, when you're in practice you see the life-altering impacts that chronic um, concussion syndrome has, post-concussion syndrome has, um, and it's something that you want to avoid if possible. And the little things to do uh, like that, making sure your spine's still working. If you get an injury, get it fixed um, fully. Um, and these are all things you can do to help yourself get to where you need to be. Um, and yeah, hopefully not have to have any post-concussion syndrome. You can find our podcast on Facebook at Dr. Carl Bamlet, The Modern Caveman, on the Plains FM website and iTunes, and you can get the live stream from plainsfm.org.nz or the TuneIn app. On behalf of Carl Warty, I'm Dr. Carl Bamlett, chiropractor at the Alpha Omega Clinic, reminding you that you can't change from within on the outside looking in. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carl Bamlett, the modern caveman. For more healthy lifestyle tips, find Dr. Carl on drcarlbamlett.com and like him on Facebook. I'm Pascal Batrick, signing off for Dr. Carl Bamlett, the modern caveman.